Welcome to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast, where we dive into your inner world to explore all of the psychological, emotional, energetic, and spiritual components that may be influencing your struggle with food and eating. I'm your host, Sarah Emily Spears, a trained psychotherapist and energy worker who recovered from my own eating disorder. And now I help women just like you do the inner work to address the real issues keeping you stuck in your problematic eating patterns. Because I assure you, your problem with food is about way more than food. So join me and guest experts as we discuss the psychology of eating and healing and empower you with tangible steps you can take today to begin to improve your relationship with food and yourself from a place of true nourishment and care. I am so excited for today's podcast episode with Ali Casaza, who you may know, and maybe that's how you know me from when I was on her podcast, The Purpose Show. Ali is just someone I love and adore. She's a dear friend. She's worked with me as a client, and I absolutely adore and admire her mission to eradicate the hot mess mom stereotype by empowering other women. She has built an impressive and massive audience and multi-million dollar online business based on her proven family-oriented approach to minimalism. She has created multiple online programs and courses that help women discover how to live an abundant life. And in today's episode, we talk about her experience working with me and her process of repairing her relationship with food and her body. We also talk about tapping, which you know I love. And if after listening to this episode, you are interested, the intrigue is high and you want to try some food tapping craving for yourself. I said that backwards. Food craving tapping for yourself. Good news. I'm hosting the first ever holiday food craving tapping workshop. And it's going to be a two-part workshop. We're meeting the first time on Sunday, November 20th. So you have a little bit of time still to register before we meet together to go live to help you break your emotional attachment to your most highly craved holiday foods so that you can navigate this holiday season feeling like you've taken your power back from food like you can eat the foods that you want, but you don't go out of control around these foods. And instead, you're able to be more present with the people who you love, who you're celebrating with, and you get to really honor your body and your hunger cues without being overwhelmed by the temptations around you. So if this is something that is calling to you, check the link in the show notes so that you can register this week. With no further ado, here's my combo with Allie. Oh, hey, Allie. Hi. I'm this so excited. Like, I know. I'm so fun. It's like so fun to be on this side of it with you. Yeah. Because we've done, I showed up on your podcast. We've obviously done a lot of work together. Yeah. And you've been in my And personally. Yeah. 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 So now we get to have a new fresh combo. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm ready. Me too. And I'm really excited to kind of give you an opportunity to share more of your story and your personal journey evolving your relationship with food and eating and your body. Cause mm-hmm. obviously that's like a bulk of the work we've kind of worked through together and mm-hmm. beyond, you know, into the world of energy healing and emotional healing. And so much goes into that. It's like but all I- connected. You never know what's going to come up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, which is why I always joke with people. I'm like, mm, the majority of what we're going to talk about is, is not going to be food. You know, that's yeah. like, 
the the surface issue and then we put that aside and we get to address everything else that's influencing that yeah yeah totally you never know like nothing is <laughs> nothing is off limits <laughs> if it needs to come up like it it will just come up you don't really even need to prepare for a sarah session <laughs> yeah which is always my favorite part it it's really what your body is needing to reveal mm-hmm. it's like you're the person who's really conducting the session, you just don't realize it because it's all the subconscious information stored in your body that really is what's needing to be looked at. And that's an emergent present moment process. Yeah. And that's the beauty of like having this container and having a a guide is for them to facilitate as it draws itself out. Yeah. Because A, we all have our blind spots And B, a lot of times, especially when there's a pattern of emotional eating, the reason our brain is eating is because we don't want to feel the emotion. So there's such a strong avoidance to going into the deep feeling Mm -hmm. that you really need someone, and this is for me too, who can hold the container and create a safe space to allow you to go into it, but also emerge on the other side of it so that you don't get stuck looping in it. And that's the biggest thing that like our first year together taught me was just the awareness of the habits that I didn't realize. Like I obviously would consciously realize like I'm about to eat like five sleeves of Oreos, but I didn't have the awareness to stop and think why. And now it is my natural state. Like I'll just, I'll just jump right in because I have a story from yes, like, go for I think it. it was last night or the night before. Um, so a couple nights ago, I just kind of got hit with a wave of emotions about lots of different things that have gone on this year for me and just heaviness, like betrayals, um, just loss and like the death of me, like the death of the old version of me, just everything all of a sudden hit me at once while I was cleaning the kitchen and my life looks so different now. Like my day-to-day life looks so different now than it used to. And I just got hit with this moment, this surreal moment of like, oh my God, am I doing this right? Like, is this the right choice? Like, am I okay? No, I'm not okay. Like just spiraling. And I literally was, I found myself like circling my kitchen. Cause I don't have foods that don't support me in my house anymore, especially like old trigger foods that I would just go to, like, there's no need to buy them anymore because the trigger has a new salve. Like it's food is not what soothes anymore. And I was just circling and like, literally Sarah, like looking in my cupboard for like, isn't there any, anything like cacao anything, in here anything. Or anything, like, anything. And I just caught myself with, I mean, this is all within like, maybe like 20 seconds. It's fast. I caught myself. Yeah. Just like, okay, what I need is to be soothed. What is soothing right now? And like immediately tea came into my mind. Um, and I, so I went and I started making some tea that I thought like, how annoying I'm like that girl that just makes tea and just sits with like tea instead of chocolate. Like, but that's what came to my mind when I was like, what would soothe me? And then I have this little nook on my porch and I was just like, I want to just sit out there with myself And so I got my tea and loaded it up with honey for that sweet kick and went and sat on the porch and just cried and it sucks to cry, but then it's awesome to cry on the other side of it. 
Yeah. And then I was gone. Like the craving was gone. And had I eaten a bunch of Oreos, like if I was, if I was in that place where I was just suppressing everything that needed to come out to heal, then, I mean, I've had Hashimoto's come up. I've had serious, like that's a thyroid thing. I've had adrenal fatigue. I've had weight gain that I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't explain it, but really I just wasn't aware of how often I was just binging to suppress. Um, like I just, there was so much unhappiness and now like I'm able to hold space for myself and food doesn't do that for you. Just wow. doesn't. And I'm, I have so many, first of all, full body chills, proud mama moment and <laughs> reflections because you've highlighted so many key things that I would love for women to understand. The first is our default response is to feed our feelings. That when we were younger and growing up, if we didn't have a safe container where we could feel the intensity, the bigness of our emotions, whether it's sadness or anger or fear, then especially for children, our brain starts to look for ways to naturally support a nervous system and body and feeling better. And so for many of us, like you and I, right, we had this unconscious automatic pattern of the millisecond I have any internal discomfort or emotion starting to bubble to the surface, your brain is immediately signaling for food. Mm-hmm. And that's an unconscious automatic process. And the awareness is the first step because you can't make a different choice unless you become aware in the moment, oh, I know how my brain works. My brain starts to search for food because something internally is stirring. And you perfectly illustrated like what the unlearning and relearning is. You're unlearning and you have successfully unlearned how to rely on food to try and soothe something because we know it doesn't actually do a dang thing to process or release the emotional energy. It just suppresses it and it will continue to surface until you actually meet the need of self. And this is what you're doing so beautifully and really demonstrating to so many people is what you've learned is how to now be with self, pause, check with yourself. What's my true need? What do I actually need right now? Warm tea, time to just pause, to be with what's arising. Oh, and to emote. (laughs) It's pretty simple. Yeah, it's like it's not that complicated, but yet it is so challenging to actually do because we've spent so long doing the opposite. Well, and that's what like that's what the biggest thing is, I think, about working with you or working with someone, a coach, someone to hold space for you is because you can hear you saying that like on this podcast, but it's different when it's your crap. Like it's your, like, but you don't understand like my parents. Well, you don't understand like my partner, my kids, my past, my childhood, like it, it comes up as like, I just can't even practice that right now because you don't understand like my stuff. Like you're so in the weeds, I guess, about your own story and your own pain that it really, I just don't see how I could have done what I have done without the customization for lack of a better word of like my specific, like investing in you was probably the best investment I've ever made. And I've hired like really, really incredible business coaches. And I've done, I'm, I love therapy. Like I've gone to therapy pretty much my whole adult life, as long as I could afford it. 
And this has been the most transformational because you don't realize we eat so often. We need to eat so often, especially me. Like I'm just like a grazer. That's where I feel best. Like big meals don't really make me feel good, which I know now from awareness. Um, and so we eat so often it's our fuel. And so if there is a really heavy trigger around something that we need so often, it's not like a typical addiction. You can stop drinking alcohol. You can stop like looking at pornography. You can stop all these other addictions. You can get out of the world of drugs and into a world where that is just not even brought up, but you cannot escape food. You have to face your shit. Yes. Which is why this is so challenging. And like you said, people can feel like, well, you just don't understand me. Mm -hmm. And they can also have, I think, sometimes this magical thinking that, oh, when I like invest in doing this work in three months, like I will be better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, ha, ha, ha. That's what I thought. (laughs) Right. Like I'll just start with, oh, a six month package. Uh, That's a lot. Like I guess, (laughs) I guess we'll start with six months. Yeah. (laughs) Like three years later. (laughs) Right. And it's for the exact reason you're mentioning because we are faced with eating every moment of the day. And so the falling into the unconscious patterns, needing to in every moment address what's arising is a constant moment by moment, day by day process. And the repair and the repatterning doesn't happen literally after one session. It's like a a very gradual imprinting and corrective experiences Mm -hmm. that emerge months later years later, it like really requires dedication to continuing to do the work and support yourself. And that's what's challenging. Women get so frustrated because they feel like they're not progressing or they take three steps forward and two steps back. But that's all part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's, that's why it's, that's why I say it's all connected because you're here one session where like, pulling the feelings out of Jack in the box. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. <laughs> my, that was in the um, beginning. <laughs> my breakfast Jack and taco phase. <laughs> that is so weird to even think, Sarah. Like, Do you I still would... crave Jack in the box? No, I haven't been able to eat it since that session. I told you that. Like, I cannot. Like one time we were traveling and that was the only thing open. And I was like, oh, I'm just like, go back and have my Jack in the box. And I got my breakfast Jack, like my old go to. And I just was like, what is wrong? Like it's, it's just like empty and gross. Mm-hmm. And then I was describing it to Brian because we were road tripping together. And he was like, isn't that like exactly what you did with Sarah? Like, those are the words she said, like, it's like dried out and gross and empty. And I was like, great. Well, we have to go to Taco Bell or something because I can't even, (laughs) it's just crazy how it works. But when like one session you're doing something like that and specifically, specifically dealing with food in itself and that's it. But the next session you're like realizing that now that you don't have your old, like, I don't know, what is it? Um, your old crutch, like your own suppress tool, you have to feel. And so then it's like, Oh, uh, next session, I didn't think I would need, but I've realized that I felt abandoned 
my whole life. And I want to talk about that. Or I have an attachment issue because of my childhood. Like it all comes up. Like this is therapy. It is so important. This is a lifetime of work. We're here to heal. So there isn't, I no longer see it as like for this section of time, I worked with this person and I healed. No, like I'm, there's always layers. There's always layers. Yes. And I want to explain what you're talking about for anyone who has no clue what you mean with the jack in the box experience, Mm -hmm. because there's sort of two parts to this. The first part is our brain creates positive emotional attachments to food, right? Which was like your jack in the box. We have these experiences over our life where we used to eat certain foods or at certain restaurants on special occasions or with certain people. And in our memory and mind, they're really positive moments. We all have these peak happy moments where food was love or food was like the center of a holiday celebration or food was what you got when you, you know, got straight A's. And these become our comfort foods for a reason, because in our mind, for you, Jack in the Box wasn't just Jack in the box. Like for me, I have, I've never even eaten there. I don't have a single memory of Jack in the box. So I don't have an emotional attachment to that food. When I'm stressed, my brain is not going to cue me to go to Jack in the box Mm because it doesn't have that experience of it being delicious and soothing. Your mind has like a hundred memories of when you went to Jack in the box. Mm -hmm. And if you went with like, I think it was maybe your dad. Yeah. We yeah, would go, he, we would go to work. He would like, let me go to work with him. He worked at night. So Friday nights when I was a kid, he would let me go with him and I got to stay up all night and we would go to Jack in the box and get a breakfast Jack and two tacos and a Coke and just talk about Bruce Springsteen and like the seventies and just how I met my mom. And it was the sweetest time. Um, and then there was a time where I got bullied really, really bad in junior high. And my dad picked me up early and took me to grab Jack in the box and then just took me for a drive. And that one was the big one that we, I was like crying, like over tacos. <laughs> like those are not really even tacos. Like they're, they're oil. And and it doesn't matter <laughs> to your mind because no, what your mind remembers feelings. is the feeling of feeling safe and supported and loved and connected to your dad and the fun of this special time together and the sweetness, right? Like all those feelings in psychology, we call it transference, they get transferred into the food. So now Jack in the Box for your mind symbolizes all of that. And yeah, Yeah, and so then when you are feeling overwhelmed and you are needing a feeling of comfort, your brain defaults to, oh, I know where to get comfort, Jack in the box. And so you are like, I will like push through people to get it. It's like when that desire emerges, it is so strong because it's not about the food and it's not about physical hunger. It's about getting a fill of the feeling. And so we used emotional freedom technique and tapping to work on just changing how your brain had essentially Um, hardwired or programmed jack-in-the-box in in your mind and separated the feelings from the food. So jack-in-the-box, can you can eat it without all of this emotional overlay and glitter on top of it, which the irony of that is when you take all the positive feelings out, you just taste the food for what it is. (laughs) And then you're like, wow, this actually tastes gross, right? That's not because I like made, like hypnotized you into thinking it's gross. It's just simply we took away this veil of positive memories that Mm -hmm. were influencing how you thought it actually felt. 
Exactly. Exactly. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, like I'm a grown woman with a decent palate and I actually really enjoy these foods and this just doesn't. And like, it tastes like a stomach ache. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah. So it's, it's just super interesting how we get, how we get here. We think, oh, I just need to start this diet or I just need to work out. Like, no, you actually don't need to do any of those things. You need to deal with what's actually causing you to use food in a way that it's not meant to be used. Exactly. And it makes sense because food does naturally soothe us. And it's something, like you said, we're exposed to multiple times a day. Yeah. So when people get frustrated with themselves that they keep having these cravings, it's kind of silly to think that you wouldn't, right? Like our culture just really sets us up to desire that form of comfort when yeah. we haven't been taught other tools and ways of supporting ourselves. And as you just sort of described, like the more you start to do the inner work, the more you start to feel your feelings instead of feed them, it, what I've discovered is sometimes you feel better, but what actually happens is you start to actually just feel more. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people wonder what's wrong with me because I'm actually crying more than I've ever cried before or having breakdowns more than I've ever had before. Am I going crazy? And it's like, no, welcome to actually being a human who's no longer suppressing her mm -hmm. emotional experience. You are just being with it when it happens. And that means you're going to be just flowing through the highs of feeling happy and joyful. And then the lows of the crashes and breakdowns, like you just described, you had, you know, a few days ago. Yeah. You're actually expanding your capacity to feel in both directions, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not living within this window of just like, eh, just kind of indifferent going through the motions of life. You now are like a fully feeling human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like, I want to share two things. The first thing that happened for me was the, when food, like I, I was aware of my habits with food and how I was using food. Uh, it kind of transferred to other things. Like for a little bit, it was alcohol. And then I, that's very noticeable. And I like, didn't like that. And so I remember we talked about that and I was like, I'm just going to cut it out for like I don't, indefinitely. And I cut that out for like six months until I could have like a glass of wine and like, just be healthy with it. And then another thing was TV, like just numbing out. So the issue for me was I wanted to just, like you said, not feel and just numb out. And so there's lots of ways to do that. There's that's why there's lots of different addictions and lots of different things that are not necessarily addictions, but you just do, even though you don't really want to social media, scrolling, um, binging Netflix, you know, binge eating, drinking too much, whatever. These are all things. Um, <clears throat> and so then I became aware of those things and was just like, okay, that means there's still things at the root. Um, to work through. And then the other thing I wanted to share is that it does get better. Like you're not on like an emotional roller coaster forever. Not even like, it's not even really that at all. It's just all the things that you've suppressed. It's almost like your body and your, your poor inner child are just like needing to release. I had, um, really interesting things happen when we were healing in the very beginning, like really heavy periods. And then they got healthy and light. Like it was like all the excess. We were just talking about that on our last session with someone else, like just 
all the excess stored energy trapped in my body through my cycle, through tears, um, sometimes even like through stomach, I would have like stomach stuff and like, just need to like release that, like any, it just, it's coming out because it's been so stuck. And when you remove the numbing out, it's like, not taking medicine and actually feeling the headache and asking what is causing it. Like, what does your body need? You're actually holistically dealing with it and feeling it. And then it levels out. And now from then on, you have a healthy way to do life. So I've been working with Sarah for, is it like three years? Maybe. Cause I would lived in Marietta. I hadn't even moved to San Diego or Greenville. Like, am I, it's like, is that three? Yeah. Wow. Um, so, and like now things have been, we've just been working through childhood stuff, like just stuff that's like ongoing, just doing the work as like human beings are here to do. But then now recently, like my life has gone through so many changes and I've been going through such, like I said, like a death of like this expired version of myself, this old life. And so now I'm noticing I have such a good way of healing, such a good way of healing. Um, I know to feel the emotions. Sometimes I can't in the moment, but I'll know like mentally, okay, I'm just going to like take a really long shower tonight and like let everything come up because I know to let it and I'm not afraid of it because it's not actually scary to feel your emotions. You might think it is, and it might be, you might be timid at first, but it's actually the best thing possible because instead of compounding the problem with now I just binge date or now I just, you know, drink too much or numbed out with TV. And now I got to wake up tomorrow morning and I didn't process anything. Now you're actually clearing it. Then you get mental clarity and you can make decisions about whatever was causing you stress in the first place from a place of groundedness. So well said, because as you release energy and emotions that you've been holding in the body, first of all, it takes energy to contain and repress emotions, especially when you think of emotions like anger. It's this huge like eruption of energy. And if you've squashed or are trying to hold that in, it takes a lot of energy from you. And so when you finally release, A, you free up energy and B, you're creating space. And with the spaciousness, oh, now I have space to receive, whether that's receiving clarity or receiving just that sense of more peace and calm. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of this return to your natural state of being. And for so many of us, where we've been going on for so long, holding everything in that our natural state of being is just a constant state of stress or overwhelm or trying to keep it together. And when you stop trying to keep it together and let yourself fall apart, ah, wow, okay, now I can just like be, and and that feels really good. Yeah, it's like this tight grip on and how things go and how you're being. I mean, I just, I lived my whole life that way, like just trying so hard to put out this perception because I was told that is being good. That's what like be convenient, be good. And so trying to hold it together when I wasn't good was like all my energy went to that. And let me just tell you guys, like, it doesn't make you a good mom. It doesn't make you a a healthy partner to be with. It doesn't make you happy. It makes you exhausted and so dried up. You have nothing to pour into anyone else. The people that you want to pour into and need to pour into on a daily basis, especially if you're, you know, a mom like me, you can't, you just can't. So feel it all, 
just be, if you need to crumble, let it crumble. Like I feel like all the systems I had in place this year at the beginning of the year just crumbled because they needed to go. Yeah. And eventually I just let it happen and let everyone think what they want to think about it. But now things are being rebuilt for me and it's so much better. And it's what I've been manifesting. I didn't realize I had to go through all the crumble to get there, but I'll take it. <laughs> and I was able to have the tools to handle, to handle all that and, and meeting with you and navigating through that hard time was invaluable. So it like, keep showing up, keep doing the work, keep feeling your feels. Yeah. And these tools are so important because many of us didn't learn the tools you know, we go to school and we learn about math and science and history, but no one teaches us emotional tapping. processing yeah, and tapping and, and how to move through energy or do breath work or different processes to support ourselves in actually feeling to heal. And so that's why so many of us now as adults are like, oh, I just have like my entire childhood and adolescence of repressed emotional energy that I need to start to like unpack and move mm -hmm. through. And, you know, it doesn't matter how far in the past it's been, it, it stays there, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. go away if you haven't felt it. And that's why a lot of the work we do is inner child work or going back into some of the uh, memories and emotional wounds that were still stored in the body because mm -hmm. the body holds everything and, you know, work through what's arising that's ready to be released so that you can step more into your truth and yeah. that keep it together is so common because we're trying to just figure out how we have to be to keep ourselves safe and protected. And the beauty is when you reach a point where you say, I actually don't care anymore. <laughs> you have the courage to say, I get to just be myself because that's the greatest gift for me. Mm -hmm. And if people don't resonate with me, like we get to bless and release because Peace. yeah, we are yeah. done living our life for the external validation. You get to live it for your own inner fulfillment. So exhausting any other way. I would know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. I really admire how you so courageously share your journey, your evolution, and you've allowed yourself to shed the layers of self and to shed the layers of business, like anything that doesn't match who you've expanded into or evolved into, you continue to just release in service of self and in service of others. Mm -hmm. And then it gives everyone else permission to do the same when they're ready on their own time in their own way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I wanted before we, before I lose this thought, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this because you were talking about inner child a minute ago. Um, that's another thing that like, I didn't realize or think about when I signed on with you is the effects of my, for my kids. Like they are their inner child right now. Emmett is seven. That for me is like, you really are remembering a lot. You're really taking a lot in like, what is it that forms between zero and seven? Your subconscious programming. Your subconscious mind, yeah. Your beliefs and about self, about the world, who I have yeah. to be, so how I have to So now his experiences are coming from that place. And my daughter is 13, and then I have two other boys in between there. So it's so invaluable what I have learned. Like we've tapped through so many things for a while, for a long while. We saw each other every week, and then we moved to every other week. And the amount of EFT that I have done, like, I'm surprised I don't have just like permanent marks on my spot. <laughs> Bruises across yeah, the face. From tapping. Because now like 
Hudson, he is uh, 10. And he was like, the other day, I thought I had a friend and he lied about me and now I have no friends. First of all, hello, trigger. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> For me. All of us, our, our belonging but, wounds. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. My eye is not twitching. But I was like, but that sucks. Come here. Like he told me how he felt. And then I was keeping a log of those words and we tapped through it and he felt so much better. He just went down, got a little snack, like it, being able to teach my kids, my daughter, especially like, and now I asked Bella if I could share this and she said it was fine, but her, she got her first cycle this year and Sarah, it is so easy. No cramps, no heavy flow, no nothing, no stored trauma, like nothing. Wow. And I was like crying. She's like, mom, what is your problem? I'm like, we should have like a moon party of goddess party because this is huge. Like chains are broken. <laughs> I did this. Yeah. And I broke these chains. Like it is, it's just, you don't realize when you show up to do the work and you go to someone because you want to lose weight and you know, you binge eat. <laughs> you will, you will release what is not serving you, but you also are changing your legacy for the better. Like you are handing, handing peace to past and future generations. It is really, really, really important. And it just makes like the price and the time and all the like stupid hurdles we come up with, like absolutely meaningless. Yeah. Thank you. Like that's a, a thank you for the work you're doing to support generations in healing and for the way that you are showing up as a mother and breaking so many patterns. It's huge. It's incredible. And it's what we all are stepping into collectively. So yeah. Whoa. Oh, full body it's chills. huge. Yeah it's, yeah. it's huge work and seeing like, I mean, you and I have had sessions where we talked about like my cycle and my pain and like awful periods. They're still like not super, but my God, like 80% better than they used to be. And for my daughter to be like, I have kind of like a weird feeling in my, it's like my, not my stomach is here. And I was like, oh God. And then the next morning, sure enough, she's like, I think I started my period. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like I got chocolate, I got tea, I got chick flicks, like everything's fine. And she's just like, goes to school and like comes back like a couple of days later. Like, I think I'm done. Like every month it's just been easy breezy. She knows to rest. She knows to care for herself. She knows to journal and she colors a lot during that time, but she's not aching, hurting, like hemorrhaging out trauma from generations because that's been dealt with for her. And that, that is worth everything and more that I've done all, all the stuff that we've done. Yeah. It's hard to put a price tag on that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I always think about that for you. Like, how do you even decide your, okay, I'm just going to like break all the generational trauma with them and like guide them through total peace and coming out of chaos and coming out of addiction. Like, I guess this is a fine price. Like it's, it's so, it's just so impactful. I hope you Mm. never stop. It's so beautiful. Thank you. And I also want to just really highlight because, you know, I appreciate that acknowledgement and really the acknowledgement is yours mm-hmm. because the the slippery slope is when people think, ooh, Sarah's going to fix me. Totally. Gonna- Any coach. Right. Exactly. It's the facilitation. Right. It's like, I'm your intuitiveness guide. Right. To like, I'm feeling like, like you being willing to be intuitively led gives me my power back. 
Yes. And your willingness, right? This is the key piece. And this is like a, it's a beautiful sort of alchemization of two beings coming together with this like agreement to work together and trust each other and like support each other in doing this work. And you met me in your own intuitive ability, right? Your Mm -hmm. willingness to trust me, to go there, to keep showing up, to do the heavy lifting and the deep inner work. And if after three months you had said, uh, I'm good or this isn't working, right? Well, then you wouldn't have necessarily had the same experience that you have now. But it's mm-hmm. been your consistency and commitment to yourself and to your family yeah. that has been the biggest agent in change. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. nobody needs me as much as they need to just find the person who they have that resonance with, who can walk with them. And you if anybody up. tells you, yeah, if anyone tells you that they can heal you, that's like your first flag that this probably isn't going to be the mm-hmm. right the right person to support you because it's about me empowering you to know how to support you and you're doing that you're like now i know in a moment when i'm ready to have a breakdown i know how to take care of me i have mm-hmm. the tools i have the confidence and i have the self love to do yeah. that for myself and that is what this is about you learning how to love and care for you and now teaching your children how to do the same Mm -hmm. and passing those tools and that knowledge on to them and so now they're not going to be holding in all the emotional energies that they might otherwise have been repressing if they didn't feel safe to to come to you and have you be able to work through it with them that's so beautiful yeah it really is Your son won't be coming to me in 20 years and us having to go, oh, the memory of when this boy (laughs) didn't want to be my friend. Like we won't have to work through any of these because he'll have already processed it. And even like I always tell Brian because he'll be like, oh, I I'm worried about just he's the worry one. I'm the one that's like everything's fine. But I'll be like, you know, like the kids are going to have stuff from us. They're going to have issues, but we've given them the tools to facilitate that for themselves and shown them that we pay people to facilitate with us and normalize therapy and normalize energy work and doing the inner work. So they have everything they need to deal with whatever traumas we've accidentally <laughs> like given to them for a six-year-old, like wanting a specific snack and your parent working and being like, no, we're not having that freaking snack can be a trauma. Like your kids are literally going to have, they're going to have stuff from you. So your job is to show them how to deal. And that's that's it. Right. Because there's intention and impact, right? You may as a parent or a person have all the right intentions. You can't control the impact it has on how someone else receives it or the impact on their nervous system. Right. And so (laughs) it's giving your children their own, the responsibility for themselves as well. Exactly. And removing that from yourself and not teaching them that it's on you. It's, it's not on me. I'm doing the best I can and I'm a human, but here are all the tools to heal yourself, to know yourself and to process things. And they see me having my Sarah sessions. They see me going to therapy. They see their dad meeting with his energy healer once a week on the phone. Like they see us doing the thing. So it's normal to them. Yeah. And I loved earlier how you mentioned like, you know, you get to kind of walk with different healers or practitioners through different stages and phases of your life. Yeah, And so there isn't one person who you're going to work with and then you're healed and you're just done. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like we start to recognize that there's just new layers and evolutions in our 
healing journey. And the most important piece of the foundation is to know I'm not broken. There's nothing inherently wrong with me and I don't actually need to be fixed, but I'm just choosing to support myself in this way. The same way we often choose to get a personal trainer to support us in taking care of the health of our physical body. It's like, I'm also just choosing to find support to help me with my emotional and energetic and mental bodies and Mm -hmm. soul bodies, all the other bodies that we tend to neglect or ignore because we can't see them with the physical eye or hold them with the physical hand, but they are more important, I would argue, than only focusing on the physical body because they all influence the physical body. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you're like, you came to me for eating and weight loss. And I'm pretty sure I told you, well, I don't do weight loss. Although that may be be a byproduct, but I will never guarantee weight loss because that's not the actual goal. The goal is you want to feel good in your body. The goal is you want to love and take care of yourself. The goal is you want to stop binging. And when you achieve those things, usually weight release is just a natural byproduct because you're no longer stuck in the unhealthy patterns Mm -hmm. and you're no longer abusing yourself with food. Yep. Absolutely. It's like everything we desire is not actually the thing. It's the feeling that we want from it. And the feeling that I wanted was just good. I just wanted to feel good. I was so unhappy. I didn't feel like myself. I think I mentioned to you a lot of times that the outside of me doesn't match like how I really feel like I am on the inside. But then what I realized was it did. Like it actually did. (laughs) Can you explain that? Like you weren't actually feeling that great on the inside? Okay. So in the beginning, I remember saying to you, and I would say all the time to everyone, I just don't feel like my outside body matches how I feel on the inside. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, how did I get here? Oh my gosh. Um, Like I've just gained so much and this just doesn't match. Which I hear Um, that all the time, by the way, those exact words. It's very common. Okay. I didn't know that. I just, it was shocking. Like I would just had like, or moments where my clothes didn't fit. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like how did I get here? And what I realized through our work and my work is that actually the outside matched perfectly the inside and it's a mirror. I was, I hated myself and I didn't realize it. I was holding on to pain and resentment and trauma and neglect and betrayal and abandonment that no one intentionally, like well, some people did, but not everyone intentionally did. It just was my perception as a child or in high school, or, you know, even as an adult, it mirrored how I felt about myself exactly. And now I realize that it always does. So when I began to love myself and fully accept all my pieces, all my I mean, I don't even really like to say flaws anymore. No, um, but all, of all the pieces, are. all the pieces of who I am, um, even if this has been my lesson this particular year, even when other people point their fingers at those pieces and say like, this is awful. You're awful. I, we hate this. You shouldn't be like this. When I can love and accept all the pieces of myself, your skin clears excess fat just falls off because it's ready to be released. Cause you don't need it to protect you anymore. Like everything just aligns with what you are on the inside. Um, and sometimes like, uh, sometimes you need help from other sources and other ways and the universe will give you those sources to continue to heal. But 
for the most part, it's just been when I release something, the external manifestation of that thing also is released. Yeah. Gosh, that's so powerful. I also really observed you releasing the pressure because the pressure we put on our body to be different yeah. than it it's designed to be. Mm-hmm. Like that pressure, it's like squeezing a balloon with pressure. It just actually causes the thing to expand, right? Mm-hmm. And I definitely observed you releasing the pressure of your beliefs of like how your body should or needed to look mm-hmm. in order for you to then feel confident or love it. And I really saw you switch into, damn, I like love and respect her, this body and vessel so much. And like from that place, you started to make the choices of how you were going to nourish her or what you know self-care mm-hmm. activities you were going to do. And then it's not about the weight at all. And it's just about feeling good in your skin. I never think about my weight anymore, ever, 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 ever. Like I'm actually just realizing that as I'm talking, I just never think about it. And I think I've told you this and we joked about it. Like now, if I like pass a mirror, I'm like, okay, stop. You're so (laughs) cute. (laughs) Hey, good looking. (laughs) Like I literally, I don't, I don't measure myself. I don't know. I just know I feel. I feel good most of the time. And sometimes I like, I, I want to use this phrase carefully, but cause I used to use it for a different meaning, but I'll say I get off track, not of like my way of being or eating, but my way of feeling and treating myself, I'll just get really busy and like things will fall on the back burner. And then I'll feel like, Oh, I just don't feel good in this outfit. And that's like, Oh, I just don't feel good. I don't feel good on the inside. So now I'm projecting that onto the outside and it's manifesting. It's literally nothing to do with food, nothing to do with weight. Um, and I see it in the media so clearly now and pointed out to my daughter, like annoying all the time because it's everywhere. I just don't, I just don't subscribe to that shit anymore. Yeah. It's, it's useless and it's not the, it's not even getting to the point. So why even mess with it. It's all just symptoms of something else. Right. And we are our culture, the media, the beauty industry. I mean, obsessed. They want us to believe if you just fix this one thing, then you'll get the feeling you desire. Then you'll feel good about yourself. Then you'll feel confident. Then you'll love yourself, right? Like here's all the solutions and magical pills. And we're inundated with this because it is it is our culture. It's like we are in the fishbowl. We don't realize it, you know, because we're just so in it. And it's a business and it's very profitable off of your insecurity. Yeah. So it makes sense that our minds, the ego is so deeply conditioned to believe that like it really wants to, we talked about the things we hold on to. It wants to hold on to no, when my body loses 10 more pounds and I'm at my ideal weight, then I'll be happy. No, you won't. No, you're not dealing with it. Yeah, no. And it's also like, um, when you were talking about squeezing the balloon and like the extra air just moves around, um, there was a time where, I mean, years ago, but I lost weight, forced myself to lose weight in a very unhealthy way and it worked, but my acne flared up so bad. It got so out of control. I mean, just cysts on my face, like the self-hatred will come out one way or another. Yes, it will. Mm -hmm. And I even saw this for myself. You know, I went recently through a breakup, which was really hard on me. 
-hmm. And my ego, because I felt so bad inside, right? My ego went, oh, I know. We're going to get that breakup bod. You know, we're going to do your hair and your eyelashes. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to feel good because I'm going to focus on my body to try and make my insides feel better. Mm. And it's like, when I catch those thoughts coming up now, I just, I'm like, oh, I see you. Like, I know that's not the way. It's not about my body at all. It's not about how pretty I need to look. Like, that's what society wants us to believe. Mm-hmm. But it's all about the insides. What's going on inside? Oh, I don't feel good enough. Well, I can look at that. I get to change that, that feeling or that belief. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> the way to change the internal is not through the external validation and the external body. It's an inside out job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So true. So what do you feel like now is kind of the like the way that you most take care of this vessel? Do you have any daily practices or rituals that really support you in like honoring her and just loving her and respecting her? You know, I'm sure you know what mirror work is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, That's something that I've been doing. And now I like really like, I never, I never went through the phase of dreading it. Cause we had already been working together for so long. And I've, I, I overcame all of that, um, with our work, but now it's like, I just sit in front of this big full length mirror that I have in my bedroom and just love, I imagine myself being like six, um, and like, just speak to her, like speak love to her. It's just a quick little couple minutes in the morning. And like, before I go to bed, um, things like my skincare game is so on because I just, it used to be out of fear. Now it's like, I'll like maybe fall asleep with my makeup or whatever and not really worry about it. But like, I have these nights, a couple nights a week where I just am like, so loving my skin and taking care of myself. My like morning time is so protected. I normally don't do anything before 11 because I just have this long morning where I'm just like present for the kids before they go to school present with my matcha latte and my journaling. And like, it's, I'm so bougie now, Sarah, like I just take such good care of myself, even things like I won't let things be messy because I deserve better than that. Like I'm worthy. I don't clean up for company. I clean up for the company of me. Ooh, like I just little things. Like I just, I'm so obsessively in love with who I am. And there's pieces of that that still need work. And I'm sure we'll need work for a long time, but it's so much less than it used to be. And it, and there's people in my life that I always needed validation from and, and stopped needing it. And in some, in some cases, like got it after I stopped needing it, but it's like, it's just, it's just all of it, all of the way I think the books I read, um, now, like I'm struggling to watch TV. I used to watch TV like every night. Um, and I just, it's just trash. Like I know that for my mind and my body, like what's actually going to feel good is to listen to Abraham Hicks or a meditation or something like I don't same just sodas and alcohol. Like I just don't vibe with it. Yeah. And, and trash TV is just a different form of consumption, Mm -hmm. right? It's like what kind of food and alcohol and content are you consuming and how is it making you feel? Exactly. And it's like, when you get into a place of like journaling through what you don't like about yourself and why, and where it comes and just really like 
you taught me to look at everything, every thought, every symptom, physical or otherwise, and ask why, and ask my guidance system, like, where does this come from? And so when you start to do that, and then you heal, you start to get to this place where your vibration is so high that certain things just, and people, which is tough, don't match anymore. And so, I mean, you know, like the changes that I've made in my life and with the people around me, like just, you've just evolved out of the friendship, out of the relationship, out of the way of eating. Um, And that doesn't make the foods bad or the people bad. No, it's just, there's an evolution and certain things just match or fit you where you're at different stages of your life. And sometimes, you know, you go for so long without the food or the alcohol, and then you decide, oh, you know what? I am going to have a glass of wine. And -hmm. from this new state, you suddenly feel it impact your system in a whole new way. It's like, whoa, now I remember why I chose not to have this thing because I can feel immediately a shift in how I'm feeling. I'm like groggy. I feel tired or cranky or moody. Mm -hmm. And so when you just stop to listen oh, let me just notice how I feel in response to the choices I'm making and what I'm consuming, then you're just constantly learning from yourself. You are your own teacher, but you have to stop and listen. Mm -hmm. The slowing down is one of the most important things to create space, even if it's just two minutes, to like stop focusing on your outer world and take a few moments to check in on your inner world. Mm -hmm. And notice, yeah, what am I thinking right now? What's arising? What What's going on in the emotional world? Like, oh, wow, hello, knots in my stomach. I'm feeling nervous about something. Get curious, right? And your body starts to show you when you ask and you listen. Mm-hmm. But if you don't make space to get curious and to inquire, then you're just going to keep overriding, overriding, overriding. And then you reach a breaking point where your body forces you to stop and listen. And yeah. that's... <laughs> never the pleasant place to get to. No, it's not because then there's just so much more compounded pain and stress physically to work through. Like I've done that so many times. And now I feel like, now I feel like I'm getting to a place where if my body does get to a point where there's signals, I kind of can deal with it on my own. And there's a recent, recent one that I called you about. I was like, I I think I kind of need help with this one, but now it's like, I got to a place where I'm grateful for my body instead of annoyed at her because she's bitch was loud, (laughs) like, and constant because I was so, you were ignoring me. I was ignoring for years. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't taught that you go to the doctor, you don't emotionally heal. What does that have to do with your period? You know what I mean? Right. So it's, and then we continue to hate her Mm -hmm. for the symptoms she's exhibiting. You're getting in my way. Right. Why can't you just like not have these problems? And she's like, I've been trying to get you to like take care of me for a long time. Like, why can't you just be nice to me? (laughs) You know what I realized recently and I was journaling that I actually almost uh, voice messaged you about this and I think I got distracted, but the way that, so I read a letter that you had me write to my body like years ago and I was, I was not healed at all. I was so pissed and I read it out loud and I started to cry because the way I was talking to my body was how I felt as a child. So it was like, 
okay, there's a huge connection here. Like you're in the way. Can't you just be convenient, be good, be quiet, like stop. You're messing me up. And it, and literally the words that I wrote were like how I had felt. So there was just like so much projection, so much of like your body trying to tell you something. Your body is only a messenger and an ally. It's not against you. It's not in the way. If you're sick, you need rest. If your periods are really, really heavy, there's stored stuff that needs to be healed and dealt with. Like if you have adrenal fatigue, like there, every single thing is a message about something that you yes. need to deal with to help you live better. I love that so much. And I'm really reflecting right now on how like, I know what the work you do with decluttering, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hearing the words as within, so without and yeah, as without, so always. within. And so I'm curious, like for you, like where does the clutter come into your own internal world? Mm-hmm. It is always that way. Clutter is never actually about clutter. It's never about stuff or your space or it's always the person and how I feel like most often it's how they treat themselves. It's usually a worthiness issue. Like you are allowing yourself to live with this stress. You have subscribed to the idea that life is just stressful. Being a mom is just kind of a shit show and it just is never going to get better. Like, it's just, you've allowed that and you feel cluttered inside. Maybe sometimes it's cluttered emotions and they need to do like EFT to clear some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, also what's really interesting me lately is the room that is the most cluttered is always symbolic. Um, so if it's like the bedroom with the master bedroom, there's a lot there either about the relationship, um, or the woman and how she feels about herself and her space, especially if it's like, a someone who doesn't have a partner or is a single mom, Um, it's really interesting if it's the family room, there's like trauma and secrets and things that are just not being healed. It's so interesting. Like I want to write a book on that so bad. Yeah. (gasps) It's so interesting, but yeah, I mean, it really is as within, so without, and then it reflects back at you. Then it's like, well now like my external environment is, is triggering your stress hormone and spiking your cortisol and you don't feel good. And when we live in perpetual stress, we actually get accustomed to living in stress and our bodies like almost don't know how to function without it anymore. So you'll have people like having panic attacks because things are too calm. Yeah. Like you create stress. So it's, and relaxation a lot there. No, and it's so fascinating. I'm like, oh, we could do a whole podcast mm-hmm. just on all the rooms. Let's break down the totally the, could. Yeah. the psychology of that because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's into like I haven't, I actually haven't like dove in or I've tried, but I haven't found anything that talks about that. It's mm-hmm. just something that I notice literally every single time I work with a private client. Um, or even just like a friend. Uh I so I'll tell a quick story. I have a friend, um, who's really psychic. And she, she was like, I want to, she's like, I have a, I just feel like I need to do this with you. And she's just like, I'm going to, she hadn't, we hadn't talked in like forever. We're catching up. This is going to sound like a weird story, but there's a point to it. So she's like, I just want to try something on you because I keep saying like, we'll, we'll skip that. Okay. So she's like, I want to try this. She draws a diagram. Like we're on zoom like this. She draws a diagram of her house. I'd never been there. 
And she holds it up and shows me in the camera, literally just like a pencil and paper of like the squares of her house layout. And she was like, can you feel what room I'm struggling with right now? And she's like, I just want to see something. It's like a test. And I was like, then I was like all nervous. Like, well, I'm going to mess up. She's like, no, just feel. So I looked at the paper and I was like, your family room. And she was like, yes. Do you know why? And I was like, I feel like chaos, sadness, like a break apart. And like, you don't want to spend time in there. She like started crying and she had separated from her husband that very morning. And that room, like they'd been, she'd been avoiding it. She just felt like she could feel it coming. Like her family was going to be falling apart. And she just had so much angst, even walking past that room. Like I'm breezing over the details, but the point of that story is your home I believe like our homes are alive in a sense, like they hold your memories, your words, your, your love making, you're getting ready for the day you're going to sleep, like your tears, your joy, like that's energy. Yes. That's a lot of energy in these walls. Like they hold that. And so it makes sense to me that I would be able to feel just from looking at a layout because I'm empathic and I can feel people like I could feel pain in that room. And there was a certain area by a window in the diagram where it felt so happy and open. And that is where she has her morning time and her coffee and she loves it. And she looks at the lake. So it's just, this is not fake. Like this is real. Energy is real. Our homes are reflections of us and we are reflections of our home. It's goes, the mirror goes both ways. So it, it affects you. It matters. It matters greatly. And you are worthy of a space that is working for you, not against you. And that is supporting you and living with peace. And most people just don't, they just, they've always had their closet like that. They've always had things set up this way. They don't even think about it, even though they're paying for it every month. Wow. Yeah. This is making me think about all the home. I'm having like a snapshot of all the homes I've lived in. And I'm like, oh, wow. I can really just even quickly see even just like the home environment I grew up in, mm, right? Set yep. this like I, the like your baseline is almost that energy, right? Like that's what you're accustomed to, and then we keep creating experiences in our life that replicate maybe the energy of our home environment. And yeah, it's what you know. Totally, and like you said, this like slowing down when we relax, we can f- look for unconsciously ways to create the the experience of that sensation again. And a lot of times I hear people say as they start to do the inner work, right? They start to feel bored. It Mm -hmm. it feels like a feeling of boredom when we're not living in a chronic state of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. You're like, welcome to actually um, existing in a state of regulation. Ah, Peace. Can you just breathe into that? Like, wow, yeah, this is foreign. There's a learning curve of having to acclimate to no clutter, no chaos, ease, peace, joy. And so, you know, we also get to like, I would be curious for people if they unconsciously create clutter because they're so uncomfortable with peace, ease, yeah. ease, ease, like ease has been one of my favorite words for a couple of years. And I've been putting it in a lot of my marketing, but I had to stop using it in Facebook ads because it didn't convert for my audience. Like, what does that tell us? Moms don't think that things can be easy. The word ease makes them so radically uncomfortable. And so that's my job. Then I, that's what I'm doing now is just creating more ease. 
I could hear them listening and saying, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say, Ali. Right. It's like this easy for others, not for me. Right. Yes. And it's like, listen, if I can homeschool four kids all born in five years and start a company, a multiple seven figure company, it's not about doing it all. It's about creating ease where everyone else has stress so that you have that extra time and space to do the things you always say you want to do, but can never get to. It's not coming from those tasks being really overwhelming, although they definitely are and can be. It's coming from you're already stretched so thin just from surviving. How could you ever pursue that business? How could you ever have that relationship you want to have or have that relationship with your kids that you want to have when you're stressed the F out all the time? So it's getting your regular life from being stretched like saran wrap over a casserole, like one poke and it all's over like getting that to ease, then you have space to, you know, make choices about what you want to do and what you want to bring into your life. Mm, So good. I'm going to, after this, go walk through my house and take a little, I'm going to feel into how I feel in each space and just notice like what arises. That's so interesting to really Pay attention to your closet, like your closet, because usually after, um, or during like pain or breakup or like the closet tends, the master bedroom, the woman's closet tends to get cluttered up. I'm curious because I noticed after my breakup, I went into almost an OCD cleanliness. Like my avoiding feeling was to actually be hyper-focused on making sure everything was like perfectly organized. So like controlling everything being. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole, it was like pristine like not mm-hmm. a speck of dust in my apartment because if I wasn't occupied cleaning, mm-hmm. then I had to feel it. That makes sense. And that I have seen that. And then there's like one area usually, and but these are like moms that have like, they don't, they're, when you become a mother, typically you start to just completely avoid yourself. That makes sense. Like you, if it's just, like when the kids are like not here for the day or something, like it's just me. Like I can't avoid myself when they're here. Like it's so easy and like nice. I'm using quotes because it's actually not healthy, but it is convenient to just like, oh, I Emmett needs this or Bella needs me to do like put all your attention into taking care of them. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. there was actually one woman that did what you did that I worked with. And I was like, why am I here? Cause your house is like perfect, but she ended up showing me like, she just had so much stuff. She didn't need. It was just really pristinely organized because she had like OCD and she was like hyper fixating on it, but it was just all like pretty junk. So everyone, like, not that you have that, but just everyone has their way or maybe it's just not your space. Maybe that's where you're controlling things and there's something else, but it's like, everyone has their way of avoiding as it relates to their space, if it's keeping it cluttered or keeping it perfect. Yeah. And what's coming up for me as you were sharing, which maybe will be helpful for anyone else who can go into the OCD tendency is it's kind of like what you mentioned earlier of the, like keeping it all together and the facade. It was like, Nope, I'm Mm -hmm. fine. I got it all together. But like inside I'm like hot mess. Right. And it was like me not allowing mess in my space was like, the metaphor of not allowing the messiness of it's like what a, a hurt person what a depressed person 
have right. a house no, like No, I'm fine. I'm, it's all good. Come on over. Hang out with me. We're great. And you're like, I just yeah. sobbed in my bedroom for There's two like hours. A, one gentle tear, like <laughs> trying to come down your totally. Oh, totally. We've all been there. Yeah. So uh, I just think this is so beautiful to really invite people to see how, like you said, it's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Our emotions, our eating, our home environment, you know, and we get to just continue to work on, like at the beginning of our conversation, the awareness of all of it yeah. and and just the invitation to remain curious and to not neglect self and in your inner world, but to continue to hold space for yourself to just be in whatever is arising on a moment by moment basis. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, absolutely. that is the work of, I mean, that is just mastering how to be a human really mm-hmm. like that's it <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying like it's not a set time that you go to therapy or work with or work on yourself like there's been small seasons where i'm not like we took i took a break with you like yeah. just not doing anything just doing my own thing and sometimes that's good but always be moving forward we're meant to evolve we're meant to keep going and when you don't I mean, even just stagnant energy in your, in your life, like it doesn't feel good to not be releasing things that are heavy and making things lighter for yourself and knowing yourself deeper, reading a book to help you know yourself deeper, like some way of doing the work and moving forward. Yeah. And who you are is always evolving and expanding when you create space to allow like a new aspect or essence of self to emerge or be revealed and to like continue to allow yourself to be an ever evolving Mm. living thing. You know, you're not just your body. You're so much more. And we tend to pinch ourselves off from allowing ourselves to have this expansion because we think we're supposed to be one way. And then we deny ourselves permission to actually just be whoever we are bursting into, you know, the becoming of self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's really beautiful. Once you get past the, like, I'm scared to open that door and see what's in there phase. Yes. That's a real phase. Totally. And like you were saying with the letting go, like this is the season autumn. It's like so perfect. It's the reminder. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we are meant to release. Every year Mm -hmm. we grow and every year we have new parts to release. And then there's a season of rest. So you're not always having to work on yourself. You don't always have to be doing the work. And we get to just flow with the seasons of life, the cycles, Mm -hmm. and honor our own growth process that you can never stop. It is happening. It's just, are you working with it? Are you present to it? Are you supporting yourself through it or are you kind of ignoring it? Yeah, absolutely. Like asking yourself, what do I need to let go? Yeah. And where do I need support? Mm -hmm. Which I know you offer some pretty incredible support. Yeah, absolutely. My like, I mean, I've been in the online space creating for like a decade, but, and like kind of like turned it into a business business like seven years ago. But my thing lately, other than like my courses and stuff is, um, I've been doing really like chill coaching. Like, I feel like when you sign up to do like business, business coaching, especially it's so intense and like time restricted, like we have this monthly call and then we do these weekly calls and then you have to do this homework and it, I don't know. I've just been really about like, what if we just vibed and chatted when it works for you, or you just send me a voice message with all your stuff and I'll respond to you 
Like, and you just listen when you can, like just really chill. So I've been doing that with lifestyle coaching and business coaching, um, like quick phone calls, 45 minute calls, um, no video, because then you don't have to like sit and be, um, or Voxer. Do you know what Voxer is? Uh-huh. Like a voice messaging app, like just voxing people and just do, like having them pay for like 48 hours of like being able to ask me anything. It's just been really, really cool. Like people are healing, people are brainstorming new ways of doing things that actually serve them instead of like the very masculine, like copy and paste template strategies for their business or print out this routine and run your family this way. Like this person has no idea you exist. That may not work for you. Right. What if we just connect and talk and let me like, let me be your life coach. Let me be your business coach and just work through it as it pertains to you and how you want your days to feel like taking that into consideration. So it's just been really, really cool. Very chill, very impactful. I'm super grateful. I really love that approach. It actually feels like a very feminine approach to Mm -hmm. supporting women. I -hmm. actually suspect that that's going to be very successful because it really plays to like the flow of what it is to be a woman and a mother and we're not meant to be structured and and try and fit, you know, the the healing and expansion into this actually created box. (laughs) And like, I think we're just so used to it. Like the entire American workday is structured around masculine and their 24 hour cycle when we have a four week cycle. Um, and so we're just used to like, well, people will sometimes ask like, well, geez, like, if I'm paying you, like, shouldn't we have like a monthly, like, no, no, because it's not going to, it's not going to do anything for you. For me to stay in my schedule. I'm like, this is what I'm teaching. Like, I want to hear from you. I want to, let's do Q and a, like, bring me what's stressing you out and I'll, and we'll fix it together. So that's just been, yeah, it is. You're right. It is very feminine. It's very flowy and really chill. And honestly, people are getting results that I've never seen them get when I was doing like traditional coaching. Cause I thought that's how I had to do it. You yeah. know? And what I suspect is it is actually the personalization as you're talking, what I'm feeling is like uh, the people working with you who are like lucky enough to get that opportunity are like feeling seen and met exactly where they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, Absolutely being seen like and fully like embraced in our messiness and the challenges we're experiencing like that alone is like so supportive and transformative Mm -hmm. and and so when you're just there to meet them exactly where they're at in this moment because they may not be where you would be in that module in two weeks exactly it's like I've been in courses like that too, where I'm like a year later, I'm like, oh, now I can go back and revisit this lesson because now this fits where I'm at. <laughs> but at the time exactly. it was kind of lost on me because I wasn't ready for it. Totally. And that's, I mean, like, I love courses. I feel like you can price them to where it's like more budget friendly. And like, I love them and the passivity of them for both the user and me, but man, like when people can just invest a little more and show up in this way, it's so much less pressure, so much less pressure. Um, I've been doing this other thing too, where like people come to me in person and they fly to Scottsdale and we have this day together where we just are brainstorming and just working through every limiting belief, every stuck place in their business, everything. And they get my business course with it to work through like whenever. And that's been really cool too. Like the energy of being physically in person yeah. is just so different 
from anything else. It's just, it's just been really cool to like follow that guidance that I was feeling. I was worried like, oh my gosh, like what if I meet someone in person and like, they don't like me or it's awkward or, and it's just been every client I've had. Like I had like five clients do that last month and it was so good every single time. And I, so I opened five more. Like I just, I can't stop because the energy and the connection, the results are so not like traditional coaching. It feels really potent. Like I can yeah. feel just that container. Wow. Mm-hmm. So incredible that you've honored that impulse and have created these sort of magical moments for women to have with you as their, their guide. You get to walk with them the way we've yeah. been able to walk together. It. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. I loved everything about this conversation. I could keep going. Too. I know me too. We might need it. We might need a part two. Because part two. We and we're three. not stopping. <laughs> no, but for now we'll take a, a beautiful um, intermission until yes. next time. <laughs> Well, Perfect. I'll make sure to include all of, all of that information in the show notes for anyone who's Thank ooh, you. really curious to learn about those beautiful offerings. Thank you. That that means a lot to me. Of course. And thank you for just sharing so openly your experience and continuing to be a voice, a courageous voice in a crazy internet world where you really get to demonstrate to women what it is to really be honoring Mm -hmm. yourself deeply, fully from a place of love. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space for this conversation. I'm going to send everyone to this. This was really good. Thank you. So good. You're welcome. I love you. Love you too. Thanks for tuning in to the Empowered Eating and Living Podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to follow the show so you don't miss future episodes. And if you loved it, then please share this episode on your social media or send it to loved ones who may benefit from listening too. 